Welcome everyone back to the next edition of the H&K Podcast with your wonderful people here at H&K. We have a great episode here for you today. We are going to be doing the first in our series of the first-time reactions of playing Super Nintendo Classics. And so we had discussed this previously on some other podcasts, and we decided that this would be a great one to do and to make a series out of it. So we've got that. But before we jump into all of that, let's do some introductions here and talk a little bit because it has been some time since we've done a podcast. So first up, I'm going to start with the good old tried and true trusty Hollywood. Hollywood, how you been doing, man? I know it's been some rough timing on you. How's it been going? It's been very rough, man. I'm going to pull a clear and talk about all my personal things that's been holding me up lately. But I won't, I'm not going to get that deep into it. But it has been a rough week. Got a little COVID action going on in the house, oh. which was outstanding. It was awesome. We're natural immune now. So, no, it was terrible. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> it was not fun at all. Um, and so uh, just we got through that and, you know, tried to game a little bit while I could. But that didn't even really help that much. But, you know, you just kind of got the aftermath of that going on. Some stuff, you know, like uh, at work or whatever. Just a bunch of little things. Just kind of kept my mind off the podcast. I have still been gaming some. Went and picked up some Switch games a lot. With the Zelda Skyward Sword HD. The Dragon. Or no, I always hope. Every time I talk, talk about Monster Hunter, I say Dragon Hunter for some reason. Because I got <laughs> a dragon. Monster Hunter Stories 2. I had to order that. And got that. And I got... Uh, Hotline Miami collection on the Switch, the one and two. Has anybody played that Hotline Miami? I've heard of it. I just haven't yeah, had a chance like to a, really try I just it. Like a cult I've seen classic. videos. I've seen videos, yeah. but I haven't played it. I haven't tried it yet, but I got those, and uh, and of course the the, the great Xbox. And nothing new since we talked last time with that, but been playing that a little bit here and there. Me and my wife are like the Resident Evil, but uh, yeah. Mostly, man, just comfort gaming, dude. Warzone, World of Warcraft is what I've been doing lately as far as gaming go. goes when I well, can. Well, we're definitely glad to hear that you have survived the COVID attack there. Um, I know that was probably a very trying moment for you. I've definitely experienced the, that COVID issue there. Luckily, I came out unscathed and did not get it, but everyone else in my household did back uh, last year. Um, so... Let's go my on. Wife got it. My wife got it and was like done in like five days, man. She just like killed. Oh, wow. She gave COVID, COVID, dog. She just that's, crushed it. That's awesome. <laughs> but, uh, that's awesome. To me, I, knew it, I, I couldn't handle it that much. It took me like 10 or 11 days, man. And it's man. still, you have some after effects, you know. Like I went on a run yesterday just to try to get used to, because you get tired at random now. I get tired at random. I mean, you always kind of did, but I don't, you know, whatever. But uh, I got to get back in the workout scene, get the body back right. And it's just taking some time. Yeah. Well, we're glad you're recovering and moving on great through that. And glad you're on the upswing instead of the downswing. Glad the house is doing well. So I know y'all can't see it because we are recording and we got our video panels down. So I'm going to throw it down to my below me video panel (laughs) here to good old trusty Nick. Nick, how you doing, man? We haven't talked in a while. How's it going? Yeah, it's been a minute. I'm doing well, actually. Um, Going back to school full time. So I uh, called it quits of my job uh, last week. Oh, wow. And so uh, there were some growing pains there, too, because the college I was originally supposed to go to, uh, it was an apprenticeship and... uh, just for everybody that doesn't know, GI Bill and the VA vocational uh, 
uh, stipends that you can get for school does not cover apprenticeships. Wow. Just letting, letting some vets out there know just in case because yeah. that actually – I found out at the last uh, last minute when I tried to bring in my – uh, eligibility paperwork to the VA office there. I'm like, oh, but I I was able to sign back up with AMU, so I'm happy about that. I'm still on track, just different school. Good, but good. beyond that, I'm good. Well, that's awesome, man. I'm glad you're going back to school. That's always a great adventure. We definitely probably will nudge you every once in a while to see how that's going throughout the podcast. We mm-hmm. definitely like to have that little flair of personal touch there to all of our podcasts. So next, I'm going to throw it diagonally down here to our guest of honor today, because she is the one that we are actually have formed this podcast series around, is our good friend, British Redneck. How's it going? It's going good. How about y'all? <laughs> well, as you heard, we're doing all pretty good. So we want to hear a little bit about you before we start rolling. <laughs> so how's it been going for you since the last time we talked? I know it's been quite a while. It probably was yeah. the last time that we were on this podcast all together, except for the time that Clearfire actually did what he was supposed to do and got... The Nintendo, the Super Nintendo Mini, actually to her. Yeah, you sure did. <laughs> In the time he was supposed to do it. So you hear Absolutely. that, right, Hollywood? You hear that? I did it. No, when I'm I was glad, supposed to. man. The fact that that's new <laughs> should tell everybody what they need. Everything they need to know. good. I'm glad that but, you did uh, that. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm doing really good. It's been it has been a very stressful month for us too. My husband caught COVID as well and uh, yeah, I've been fully vaccinated and still I, I did not get COVID myself so I was I'm very blessed <laughs> yeah well that is very good as well we we're very happy that y'all are coming through that as well and definitely sad to hear that COVID has been going around and has affected all of us um, Nick I don't know if it's really touched y'all yet but I know that I've dealt with it and it looks like Hollywood now has and as well British Redneck so just as a public service announcement out there, people, be careful, take care of yourself, and try not to spread the COVID. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, family <laughs> friends at H&K. That's a, that's, a, that's a cheap pro tip. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Great pro tip. So, Don't spread the Rona. Um, as far as news today, really not going to go too much into that because we've got a great series that we're starting today everybody we're starting the series of first time reactions of super nintendo classics we discovered on a podcast last time that actually the four of us were together that british has not played a lot of the super nintendo classic games especially the ones that are found on the super nintendo mini so we decided to get her the super nintendo mini and to start getting her to play those games and then to have her come on the podcast and give her true first-time reactions of playing these games. And for most of us, we've played these games and we know all about it, but British didn't. And so this is going to be a great series, we feel like, and we hope y'all all enjoy it because you actually get to see the reactions of some t- somebody first time playing it now, not years ago, but now. And so that's going to be really cool. So um, I guess we're going to start this off now. How you want to go, guys? Well, let's say this first about British. If you have not ever heard of this podcast, because this may be, this is, like you said, uh, clear, new new series here that we're potentially going to do for anybody that has never played. You know, British is the star of this one. But, you know, if Nick, if you got one that you've never played and check it out, you know, or whoever, whoever's listening that wants to do it. But um, British background is that uh, she's a hardcore adventure gamer, Skyrim and all this, like we've always talked about. So it's interesting 
to hear that she's never played The Legend of Zelda Link to the Past, but going through... So let me just ask you, British, what did you think about... So so we did the uh, the Legend of Zelda Link to the Past podcast. That's when we figured that out. What did you take away from that podcast that you might have said, you know, dude, I want to check that out? What, what kind of led you to want to do that? Do you remember to where you really wanted to play it? Or was there anything that led you to want to play it based on what we said? Uh, quite honestly, I think the reason why I personally wanted to play it is because I really can't consider myself a true gamer girl <laughs> until I play some of the classics. <laughs> so, and, you know, not only from the podcast, but from, you know, different reviews that I've seen online way back a month ago as well, um, was that, oh, I really wish that I get to experience that game for the first time again. And I'm like, okay, there must be something really magical about this game. And I want to actually listen to last month's podcast and be able to relate to it as well. So I, I just really want to try it out for myself and uh, see what it's all about. And I did. <laughs> okay. Is this the first Zelda game that you've ever played? I, yes, fully. Because you, um, I did play uh, Breath of the Wild for about 10 minutes, and then I got distracted by something else, which is typically what happens with me. So, uh, but yes, it is my first full Zelda playthrough. Awesome. That is very awesome. Great game just to be your mm-hmm. first playthrough, too. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's just hear some of your first impressions. What do you think about the opening scene? I love it. It's, it's kind of weird to go from being such a modern gamer to now being more of a retro gamer and just the the music that pops up and just the storyline and the best way that i can explain how i really like the game was that with modern games it's kind of easy to play modern games because you're guided yeah but with legend of zelda you literally have to find everything yourself. You're not guided in any kind of way. And I don't know if you, if y'all agree with that or not. Absolutely. But, um, <laughs> no, I, I had a guide. I swore by the guide. Like that was back in the day when you actually wanted to collect guides with the yes. games. <laughs> yeah. So they yes. come with posters. Like I had, I had Super Metroid. I had Legend of Zelda. You know, I had a number of them. And it was great because like it was more like I'll play the game and I'll get through the game, but unless like I was like super stumped or like it's time to like clean house, I'm gonna hundred percent. So then that's when I typically would use that guide. So it was, it was great because like uh, we talked in the last podcast, it was always word of mouth when we were playing these games back in the day because you know AOL wasn't out really yet and all that you know. <laughs> so it was just always the kids at school that you were jamming with. Mm-hmm. It's kind of weird too, like uh, when I first started playing it I automatically felt like a kid again even though I've never played the game it was really weird uh, how it had that effect on me um so I oh, but um I really love the fact that a it was very challenging there's nothing to guide you unless you looked it up online you constantly find secrets and you feel proud of yourself for finding those secrets because nobody guided you to find those secrets so, and then there's fairies and just anything fantasy related that I love and, you know, games, um, TV shows, movies, uh, it was all there for me. And it just, it really just warmed my heart to be able to play that and just kind of have that magical feeling of being able to play this game and just the way that it made me feel. 
That's very interesting that you said it makes you feel like a kid, even though, you mm-hmm. know, you didn't grow up with it. And um, so that's something that Nintendo, well, yeah, that's just kind of, that's, I hadn't really thought that through. That's kind of pretty profound uh, statement. And I kind of wonder what that is. Maybe it'll come to us as we're going through this podcast, but well, I mean, it's it's. I mean, you you were starting to touch on it there a little bit, Hollywood. It's it's Nintendo's ability to make you. I don't know, kind of just float back to the past, to your nostalgia side, and not so much as the from the fact of, you know, having played the game before, but even from British's aspect, there it made her feel like a kid again. I mean, Nintendo has got that nailed down. That's one of Nintendo's best things is you can play these games and just get lost and feel like you're a kid again and that's something i've noticed in a lot of these games i've uh, i played on the switch especially with something like super smash brothers i mean breath of the wild i felt that because it was just going back to those times mm-hmm. and simpler times and nintendo just does it so well you know, that's me- why i love the switch that's i'll never i don't i mean maybe i might check out the new steam deck down the line but that's the reason for the switch that's like the closest for well uh childhood i can get i mean i, I played the steam deck breath of the wild or whatever but and it was fun and i loved the game but it didn't make me feel nostalgic like a uh you know like a link to the past would to really pull me back to the childhood you know but you know, I don't know that, you know, British played Breath of the Wild too, but you didn't necessarily feel like a kid playing that, did you? You had to go back. Yeah, so it's just a weird, but it's, um, I don't know. But, but their games don't affect everybody the same way too, though. That's the thing is well, I, I've talked to plenty of people, you know, that don't say some of the same things as I do, but yet you have, you know, me and Nick kind of feel like, you know, picking up those Nintendo games. You just... Yeah, but so you say if you play a PlayStation game, you don't take you back to being a kid? Not always, no. Not talking about a PlayStation Four. Talking about a retro game. If I pick up if I pick up Cyber Twenty Seventy Seven, I do not feel like I'm I'm not talking about a modern game. I'm talking about if you don't pick up Final Fantasy Seven, you don't feel like a kid again. Let's you know what I'm saying. Let's say like you just compared Breath of the Wild and Link to the Past. Breath of the Wild is a darker, more mature tone, even for the scope of the game. Even just just the 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 despite it being cel shaded, the art style and just like the let's say the presence. So that whole theme in that game is like super dark and post apocalyptic. Yeah, so it doesn't make you feel like a kid as it does like in Legend of Zelda. Wind Waker uh, maybe. with the link to the past. Yeah. Yeah, Wind Waker. Yeah. Oh sh- I will say this about Oh shucks. So I I felt like a yeah. kid with Wind Waker because I felt like well, a kid, you know. And, well, see, I think maybe, of this and, too, and maybe man. for overall, Breath of the Wild is a bad example from my side. But I mean, I want to play the Mario's. Any of the new Mario's, I, I feel that going back yep. to kind yep. of thing. I get you. I see what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, so, it's just like that if feeling you play, like it. I mean, yeah, if no, I, I get so, you. When so, I'm playing Mario well, 3D go. World or something, man, it's really like, dude, this is. You know, it does kind of take you back, yeah. but I think it's just, I think it's a little bit something I'm, I'm not saying you're wrong, clear, but I'm, what I'm trying to well, say is I think there's something, there's something else to it, but uh, I think we're all hitting on it, you know, but I don't think anybody's like nailed it yet, but, and, and maybe it's, you I can't. honestly like think it's, it's a combination of the, mu- it's, it's really from what I'm gathering, it's the first game that's kind of open world, that's kind of new into this whole you know, exploring with, you know, magical creatures, dungeons, um, you know, not just another racing game. Right. So I, I honestly think it's a, a combination of, you know, the graphics, the music, yeah. the uh, exploration, um, all the secrets, all the dungeons. 
you know, I think all that mixed into, you know, something that was just so rare back in that day. And so I kind of think, you know, 20 years from now, when I play this again, I will get that nostalgia that you guys are feeling. You know what I mean? Yes, it's making me (laughs) smile just thinking about that. It is. It's just timeless. You can play it 20 years from now. Well, I can feel your line. It warms my heart, you know. It it definitely (laughs) did hear that. You get that kind of warm, fuzzy feeling. I did. For me, for me, it's like something I'm looking forward to with my kids. Yes. Uh, when they when they get that uh, of age to play the the classics, I remember uh, my baby brother when he turned 12. I bought him Chrono Trigger for the DS, and I'm like, hey, nice. this is like one of the most important games of my childhood. You're at a perfect time to play it. And then he fell in love with it. Now he couldn't get into Chrono Cross, but that's fine. Nobody but the could. fact that he got to play. <laughs> Just kidding. He enjoyed it. <laughs> uh, but uh, that was such a disappointment after Trigger, man. But anyway, uh, so I will just hit this one one final thing just to kind of iron this out too because this is, uh, I will say this, We, you know, I play Destiny with Clear all the time um, and with the clans and so on and so forth. Call of Duty was a game we talked about this on while we game Clear with me, you and Coastal. Competitive versus casual gaming right and so i asked my wife to get me a wii u this was you know years ago 2012 or something maybe 2011 a wii u with wind waker and one of the things that i when i turned it on this immediate sense of i can take my time i can go explore i can go just sit there and enjoy this game instead of Clear's not dependent on me to to get the headshots on the boss, or my team's not dependent on me. No, you see what I'm saying. So it's a whole different world that maybe is modern quote modern gamers. Not all modern gamers, obviously, putting everybody in a box. But that's a, if you are not a retro gamer, or even I don't even dare to say a Switch gamer, Nintendo gamer, you might not have that complete experience. Almost everything's online now. Well, I mean, you hit a great point. Um, I've got a buddy that he's very much a solo gamer but loves Destiny, and he doesn't get to do everything in Destiny. He doesn't get to complete it. He doesn't get to get the Platinum Trophy. He doesn't get to get all of the awards because he doesn't game with others. And that's the type of gaming that we have that's prevalent nowadays is you always have to play with somebody, and it's very dependent on that. It's a lot of MMOs now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's you have those options, but I do like in terms of MMOs, and I know we're getting off topic here, but um, games like Elder Scrolls Online and Guild Wars in the MMO sense, like everything is public. You don't have to necessarily team up with them, but everybody. But as long as you like tag what's going on in that area, you get credit depending on how involved you are. If they keep it that kind of mindset, that solo thing that definitely helps solve itself over time. So, and that's something that I've been enjoying about Guild Wars. I don't have to rely or get anxious if like, oh God, I'm not pulling something because you got those toxic gamers, you know, they act like, you know, very elite, elitist like that. They're like, oh, you're not doing your job. Like, well, bro, yeah, calm down, yeah. you know? <laughs> so th- that does help. You're so going to end up making me play, play Guild Wars again. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> I know. No, I was just thinking so it. Let's just not get so, tough. Yeah. I got it. Like, yeah. Like, I, like, so I've got, I, I've got, so I've got a question to reel us well, back before into we, Before we, before we go, okay. I still, I still want to, still want to hit up on this because I, I'm getting to something with the beginning of the, the Zelda. I just kind of see if she, she liked it. So the, um, so you like the story and, and so Nintendo is very good. Like you said, at, um, kind of guiding you even though you don't have a guide so there's really nowhere you could go except for that first castle but what did you 
can you you want I want to see if you can elaborate a little bit more can you get control of link what was your kind of impression there so you talk about the beginning of yeah the, the beginning in the, the house you let Zelda saying hey I'm Zelda and come find me and this kind of thing uh, so controlling link for the first time <laughs> so the first thing like I'm a very in-depth person so I was literally just like exploring every nook and cranny, like every vase nice. uh, or vase, as some people call it, that I saw, <laughs> you just throw it around. And I kept on collecting all these hearts, even though that I didn't have all the space uh, yeah. for the hearts to collect. So, but it was a very much a learning curve for me, uh, learning the controls. Yeah. Um, also just, you know, learning the story, learning how the NPCs react around you because of the story. Uh, and I also just like how slow paced it was at the same time. Uh, like it guides you and the story is there. You need to complete the story, but it's slow paced. You can still do whatever you want. You can still explore around. Um, so I did. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to be honest though. I kept on going around in circles at one point. Like, you know, when you go into the castle, and it was my first time ever in that castle. And I went around in circles probably about 20 times. And yeah, eventually yeah. I was like, okay, what am I doing wrong here? And eventually I missed the door that goes down into the basement where you find Zelda. And it's that accomplishment that I was like, oh my God, okay, I need more of this. I like the, the puzzles, uh, how everything kind of... Well, it just challenges you. I mean, I know I've already said that a million times, but uh, I just, I really like that about it. Yeah. So with you saying that, I've got a, a, it's an oxymoron that explains it well. Their puzzles are simply, or simplistically complex. Mm. So they're, they're easy, but they challenge. And I love the way that they do that about Zelda. They do it in almost all the Zeldas. They're not just, so overly challenging that you can't do it, but they're challenging enough that you feel like you accomplished something when you do it. It makes me feel so proud of myself. <laughs> like uh, it's been like so long since I felt so special about finding a secret or finding where I'm supposed to go next, finding the compass so you can see the rest of the map. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just little things like that that I just really love about the game. And I'm just like, okay, I need to find more. What else is in there? What What else can I find? Everybody, I wish well, you could see British Redneck's face right now, how much she's glowing <laughs> from all of this excitement. This is what this is what true feelings from keeping gaming pure this is what pure gaming is awesome you know this is i'm I'm sitting here glowing myself because it's just it just makes me so excited hearing this these reactions to these this first time of it is so awesome you're making eight-year-old nick sing (laughs) so oh and you know in the uh the last podcast that we did where you mentioned the uh the mario on the wall 
I found that in uh, like first couple of hours, but I found it and I instantly remembered our podcast and with, with that we had talked about that. I was like, yeah. oh, I, I, I had to look for it too. So thank that you. Is awesome. I'm glad y'all did that. That, that. that is the whole point of the fun facts. And just for everybody listening, I actually have the fun facts that I have from that podcast pulled up with us right now that I was actually going to ask her the questions on those fun facts. So we'll let oh, that be shit. the question number one. Well, oh, hold yes. on. Let me, let me, this, I was going to go into this sound effects there real quick this is what i was this is the whole point i was getting at with the intro that i wanted to see if it hits you the same way because this was a big deal for us when we were kids and we talked about it in the podcast at first was the the rain sound effect for link right when you get control of him and that's what i was going to see if you would if you remember that or if it would hit you that way and it may not because it's, it's very you know simplistic for today's standards but back then i mean it, that just it was not just the first time I'd heard it when I turned it back on after not playing it for, you know, a week, which seemed like, you know, years back in little kid time. And um, you could just hear that sound effect. And I remember, Nick, we were talking about that and how it sounds in the castle and all this. And it was just it just puts you right. The setting was just perfect for that. And I didn't know if that would hit the same way for somebody that's brand never played it before, just started now. Or if it was just a thing back in the day where it was just that amazing, you know. That it stick I, out I cannot at all. imagine like uh, playing that game for the first time so long ago now, and just hearing those different sound effects. Like even you know the way that Link walks in the water, and you can yeah. hear those puddles. You know, I oh, <laughs> I yeah. can't imagine what it would have been like back then to hear that. That's just a big step up in gaming. Yeah, uh, I mean even now, ago. even now playing it. <clears throat> excuse me, even now playing it. It's the attention to detail. It even back then, that attention to detail was still outstanding. I mean, uh, we only had the experience of the first two Zeldas. It, it, we'll omit the second one for uh, for clear here, but you know, those were just pretty baseline. They were engaging and and challenging and and wonderful for their time. But then that's what made a link to the past so special too. It took what was great from the original game and they basically they made it cinematic for the technology of the time and it worked that's what was so great at least for me well and, and it's another two just kind of follow up on that too it was so well done that it felt like it was well ahead of its time but so well placed in its time as well and it wasn't just like an overkill or overshoot it was just that perfect balance i mean when you take your sword and you hit the bushes and you hear the whack and the whistle and everything, it's just detail. That's that's perfect that's because we up. had Zelda one and two on Nintendo eight bit, and then a Super Nintendo comes out, and we're not even, you know we're all kids. We're not sure what this this, this new system's capable of. What you know what is it going to do? How big is this game going to be? How's it going to sound? And, you know, it just, like you said, it just amplified all those great things that this, that, I mean, obviously Nintendo knows what their system's capable of, and they just, they just crushed it with that. But so you're going into it with that attitude, too, of like, man, what is this? You know, we've talked about it for clear, like, you know, the, the Xbox Series X or whatever over the Xbox One, what's the real leap there? I mean, you kind of got to look forward or you look at the technicals, oh, ray tracing and blah, blah, blah. You could look at a screenshot of an 8-bit versus 16-bit and tell the difference immediately. Massive difference. Same way for 32, same way for 64 and 128. And so when you see that, you're like, the, the jumps were tremendous. Sounds and colors. And so 
you know, you were excited to see what they're going to do with this massive adventure game. I know that was like that for Ocarina of Time, too. Uh, with 64, you're like, dude, oh, yes. wow, this is going to be sick. But anyway, dude, that's a good idea with the it's fun It's sad. It, I'm sorry. No, it's sad that I could never have – I could not have gotten into the Ocarina of Time. And I know I it's a either. great game. I, and, I mean, it clearly – set a good template that is still followed to this day. So, I mean, I do enjoy the gameplay, but there was something about it. But I finished it, but I yeah. I didn't enjoy it. I'll tell you that. <laughs> no, I, didn't, I, I didn't like I, it. I loved it. It was one of my favorite. It's been one of my favorite Zeldas. I mean, it just was so much fun. I mean, the controls that you got out of it, the you know, riding the horse, everything, and it was just so much fun to me. And I mean, it just, I'm sitting here thinking as we're talking about these jumps in technology and we referenced it a thousand times on the podcast, look at your PS4 to PS5 now. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's jumps, but it's not these massive noticeably things. It's just, it's, it's sad. We don't see those jumps anymore is kind of what I'm getting at. You know, where's my next big jump? The technology just keeps catching up. Like where everything is so modern right now, it, it, the resource management is specifically on the consoles, so they know how to make them perfect for those things for the most part. You know, obviously they patch it when needed. That also helps too uh, with optimization. It's just one of those things. Like back then, you know, they you have to crush it before you release it. Like, so. Yeah, but well, anyway. to wrap us back in or yeah. reel us back in away from <laughs> these graphics talks, which we, we probably could all do the rest of the night. Um, I want to ask one really major, big, important question, unless Hollywood tells me no, 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 and stop. Oh, go ahead, man. All right. This is an important question that everybody is wanting to know that listen to the other podcast. <laughs> is it 101? How 102. The, the podcast that the four of us did just yeah, recently. Yeah, 102, I think. Yeah, 102, I think. And Ooh. how was your reaction to the chickens? I, you know, uh, I could not remember what you told me about the chickens, but I know I kept on picking them up and throwing them at the guards. Then <laughs> <laughs> they just like run away, and then I tried to kill them, and they wouldn't die. And I was like, "What did he tell me about these chickens?" I could not remember for the life of me, but I just kept on chasing around, scaring them, and they go, rah, 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 you know, <laughs> running into fences. <laughs> So freaking out and I'm just slicing them one, like why would you die <laughs> yeah you get one chicken you just beat the fool out of it and then all of a sudden the, all, the chicken army comes after you and the only way I you can swear, escape like, the chicken army is going into a building I chicken a million times and nothing happened <laughs> he just kept on running away into a fence and it then I just be. picked him up and threw him at a guard and then yeah, just no, you, all over you get again. it in the get, get, when you yeah. when we get off the podcast, you go back there and just get that chicken to the corner into a fence and just beat the fool out of it in the corner yeah. of the fence, and they'll just come flying at you. And then we're going to do another podcast about that. I'm going to do it. We're going to do a podcast nothing about but about beating chickens and uh, linked. You probably podcast. have to hit it so many times within a certain time frame or something. It is. It's it. t- it's a timer thing. So like if you you hit it and it runs away you, you it always corner the timer and you have to get, yeah you just corner and beat it and then you'll, you'll get the chicken okay. you get mad at it pop, I'm, I'm pop, gonna pop, do pop, it pop. I'm gonna do it mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a great way to relieve frustration when you're in that game and you hit a bad spot you just go beat a chicken oh. <laughs> speaking of frustrations though I like I can't remember the last time I cried at a game and it wasn't crying because I was sad I was crying because I was annoyed because I could not beat these bosses for the life of me. It took me forever. The one that's, uh, I can't remember his name, but he's got the um, 
the circular tail, and the more you hit him, the faster he moves. Oh, yeah. That's on level three. And he knocks uh, yeah. you off the stage, and you got to start. Yes. And, yeah, it knocks you down I have floor. never cried in anger in my life. But, <laughs> man, when I finally beat him, I was screaming in joy. My husband came running in thinking there was something wrong with me, which, you know, maybe there was. But, <laughs> <laughs> That one still that that's a tough boss even now it's like you it's like you kill it right away or it's just for some reason frustration kicks you off the map and you're like what is going on then it gets faster and faster and faster and the guy one more hit and you just start swinging a sword and just hope he you know he kind of runs into you yeah and but, like at that point of the game I still wasn't used to you know the way the directional controls worked so that created more of a challenge for me as well. But, uh, you know, that just made it that much more pleasurable when I beat him. I was <laughs> so proud of myself. So <laughs> now I feel I can go back and do it again. You're saying the D-pad was kind of a, a funky... Uh, it was just a weird from what I'm used to in modern gaming. Yeah, that's interesting because you've got analog and you can go, you know, what, how many different directions versus well, they, up, down, left, right. And you mm-hmm. primarily game PC too, though, correct? Yes, but... Um, with open world games like Skyrim and Fallout, I tend to use the controller because I just like the okay. way aiming works better. Uh, because I get like, the shaky hands sometimes. So, like, if I'm on a first-person shooter and I'm on the mouse, I keep on missing my target. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm it's like, all sk- right, that's I'm sorry, it's a, it's a skill for keyboard and mouse. Uh, it on really is. First-person <laughs> shooters, it really is. I'm, I'm not good at that. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah, that's interesting Agreed. with the controls like that because yeah, you, that's something you don't really think about being a modern gamer and having all those uh, you know just that three D movement, and then you got to jump to this two D. So hmm, but uh, now um, another thing that I will say is you know modern gamers today that are thinking about playing this game do not underestimate this game because it is really hard at times and you know i made that mistake i was like oh i'm gonna come in here and i'm just gonna you know whiz through this Uh, no 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 it did not work like that (laughs) yeah that's my dad asked me you know i played games growing up and he asked me the the other day but i don't know when it was but when i'm an adult he goes can you go i bet can you go back and just really just crush all those old games you used to play and it's like no it's the opposite they're way harder than the new modern so games are now. Yeah. Your reaction time's I very down much underestimated now. I mean, it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, it's painful. Like it's sometimes it's too difficult to go back. Yeah, they're hard, man. Like imagine playing Ninja Turtles again. The first <laughs> yeah. Ninja Turtles. Don't, don't you wish that, that curse on me? That's oh, oh my gosh, man! I love Ninja Turtles, but that's I mean, oh, the Ninja Turtle world uh, is such, such a ooh. Rob. You know, Rob and Rob will take pictures and post on Facebook when he finally finished. He finished The Simpsons, which, oh my gosh, that was one of the hardest games ever. And he finished another one uh, just recently. That was a tough game. Um, I'll see if I can find out real quick. Of course, it was Jackal. And, you know, anyway, it doesn't really matter. Oh, Jackal. Jackal was great, though. Yeah, it was. The thing is that it's just, you know, even today, it's a challenge. And it's it's kind of like what you're talking about, British. You feel so accomplished once you finish that NES game. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't, honestly, I do not experience that much. Um, I don't feel as proud of modern games when I accomplish something as I did in this game. Yeah. Because it, and I know I've said this word probably a million times by now, but the, the challenge of it is so different from modern games. It makes you think, okay, where do I need to go next? What do I need to get to make my character better? And, um, 
where do I need to go? Uh, what direction do I need to go in to get to the next part of the main quest? It, you know, it really makes you think. Yeah. And uh, whereas modern gaming, I think you're a lot more guided and almost kind of spoiled in a way. I don't know if I've gone overboard with that, but I was I was thinking to myself and I was telling my husband about this. I was like, you know, even Skyrim, Fallout 4, you, you kind of have a guide as to what you need to do. Um, right. It's pretty much a given. But in... Um, but in A Link to the Past, it's not like that. You really have to, you know, put your thinking cap on and try and make sense of what's going on and what you need to do. I and hope back, that makes sense. It, yeah, it makes absolutely. a lot of sense. Um, back to Hollywood's point of, you know, uh, that he made with his dad, uh, talking about how games are tough to beat. Um, Rob, speaking of those, uh, he, one of the only games he has multiple posts about on trying to beat Friday the 13th. Yeah, that was the other one. Yeah, Friday yeah. thirteenth, uh, and he beat it. But he's got—it's he, the only one that he has multiple posts about on beating it. So that shows you what it is now to beat it as a compliment, and the, uh, 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 now to do it. And then all the other one was Bart versus Space Mutants, and it was like twenty years later he finally beat it. You know, so it, I was going to ask which Simpsons game, and if it yeah. was that one, that one is. Oh yeah, yeah those, those are the yeah. those are some of the more recent ones, and of course he's got one that's Ninja Pizza Cats from a Japanese game, but you know, I mean, it's just it's a testament to games from back then of how much more of a challenge I feel like they are that versus now. Yeah, well, Very so I'll ask so. you though, British, did you look up anything playing through the whole thing at all? Did you go? I honestly had to because yeah. there was this uh, that boss that I was telling y'all about. He kept on getting me and getting me, and I was really trying so hard, like, uh, not to look up any kind of guides or anything, but I was like, surely, because, like, my heart's kept on running down so fast, and I didn't have that many to begin with. I was like, surely, you know, am I You're doing something, something wrong? Yeah. Am I missing something? So I did look up, and, you know, I didn't realize that you have to go around and collect. We didn't have to, but it would help if you went around to explore the area a lot more and start collecting, you know, half hearts and, yeah. you know, build that up, get better equipment, um, find the secret caves, find the fairies. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> so I, I did have to look it up a couple of times because I, I was getting whooped. <laughs> yeah, so so retro, so true retro gaming fashion, or not even retro gaming, but true uh, old school gamer. When we were at that age playing, what we would do with the strategy guide is if you got the strategy guide for something that was super difficult, to look it up and then you progress past that point. As soon as any other point of the game became remotely difficult at all, you just go straight to the guide. Is that was that your uh, experience with it too? Oh yeah, without a doubt. <laughs> That's cool. Without oh, a just doubt. That so are you are a retro right gamer. <laughs> I do want to do one thing though. Um, I definitely want to do a second playthrough of it, but I really, I kind of want to do a completionist. Like so did make you get... sure I do every single thing because I still feel like I've missed some stuff. So you didn't get all uh, the items. They should fill up that whole box. You should get mm -hmm. all hearts. It'd be two rows of hearts filled up. So you didn't get all that. I definitely didn't get all the hearts. <laughs> what uh, did, you, did you get? All the some of the a lot of the items are optional too, so you might not did have got the cape. Did you get the mm. cape? The, the cape? cape. There's a the cape, cape. Uh, you get that turns you invisible. I don't think I got the cape. 
I don't remember the cape. <laughs> what level sword did you have at the end? Was it what color was the sword? It was uh, the purple. I can't remember the actual color of it. To so be honest with you, was it the master sword, or you can get it? Then you can get a uh, a red tempered sword or a gold sword. I've been using the master sword. Oh, no wonder you finished it with just the master sword. That's impressive. That is. Is it really? Yeah. It's a challenge. Yeah. Just the master sword. That's awesome. Is it really? Yeah. You can, you can, you can take the master sword to the dwarves and the dwarves will, uh, temper it. But that's all I'm going to tell you from there. Just to hook you up. I mean, you could beat it also. I was wondering what that blacksmith was for. Yeah. And then there's a way to make it even (laughs) more powerful than that. That you could, yeah, you can make it a gold sword, but that's that, you know, we, you said you want to still find things, so I won't spoil it for you. Yeah. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> I'll hook you up with that tempered one. What color was that's your... impressive. No, that's a reward. That's a reward for yeah. putting it on hard mode on accident. Yeah, so. that's awesome. <laughs> hard mode. That's awesome. So that's, yeah. all those tears, I could have made it a little bit easier on myself. Yeah, no doubt. Okay. How many yeah. bottles did you have? Huh? How many bottles did you have? I have three bottles. Yeah, you see. Okay. Yeah. What did you put in the bottles? Uh, I usually put fairies and then the uh, the okay, health good. in All one right. of them. <laughs> yeah. Good. Okay, I was going to suggest the fairies also if you did not try that, but since, so uh, you, since you did, that's awesome. So. So, Nothing so, made me uh, so happy than yeah. seeing the fairies in the dungeon when you're already kind of getting low on health anyway. I was like, <laughs> thank you God, I don't have to go through all Come this again. Yeah. <laughs> so there's actually four bottles, so you're missing one somewhere. Oh, uh, okay. And then uh, what color was your tunic? And sh- uh, your tunic was what color when you finished? So you My got green, green, blue, or re- is it green, blue? I know there's a red one. So what was it? Just green, the original one color. So green, then there's blue, and then there's that red tunic yeah. with the purple, the yellow cap. Well, some it yeah. had a purple cap on one yeah. of them. Mine was green. Oh man, did you finish the game? Did you beat game? <laughs> the last boss I have yet to try and beat. Okay, you're still. Is that are you talking about the last boss, Ganon, or the la- number eight? No, you can Ganon. do it. Like like we're saying, it's it's hard mode if are you, you want to do about, it. There are challenges back in the day. The last doing diamond. That are you talking about the uh, the last princess? Or are you talking about Ganon himself? I'm talking about Ganon. Oh, that's still even if you, either one of those is very impressive on that. Uh, really? That, yeah, seriously. Well, yeah. Yeah. No, that's that was. Yeah, a, now that was I'm going to say this: it took a lot of tur- it took a lot of tries. Yeah. I got so mad, but <laughs> I, I've why. always wanted to do that playthrough. I I never tried, <laughs> but I've myself. always wanted to do that playthrough. So that's, that's pretty really awesome. Good. That is impressive, <laughs> especially for first. I'm playthrough. so proud of myself. <laughs> yeah, that that really is. Uh, that so if you don't have a gold sword, awesome. you probably don't have a silver arrow either. So you've got to get no. the silver arrow to kill Ganon, even if you. Yeah, you would need. Oh, yeah. okay. So this is awesome. This is like the coolest thing ever. You're telling somebody the, the whole purpose of, of the game is to explore. This is it's like in the schoolyard back everything. in the day, man. This, this is, is so fun. Wonderful. Explore everything, and you will, and you will, you will be rewarded in that game for exploring. Yeah. Even you'll get items that you won't even use. I, I think <laughs> the is... most important thing is not. You know what? No, I'm not even going to say anymore. Yeah, just hush it, explore. Hush it. So I got a question that just kind of loops back into the stuff that we're talking about here. The um, swords and everything you get so what was your reaction when you finally got the master sword that's what i want to know like oh good question um (laughs) 
My honest reaction was like, all right, now I can test some stuff up. (laughs) There you go. That's a good reaction. (laughs) But it's like so dramatic when he's pulling the master sword. I mean, just like this lights coming out of it. It is just sick. And I'm so excited to play Skyward Sword to learn how that Master Sword became the Master Sword. <laughs> so I got a question. So, can you can you kill the thief in the woods? No. I just keep knocking okay. him back. Because like, even with the Master Sword, I was like, I am going to get this thief once and for all. That was another reaction I had with the Master Sword. Uh, yeah. And he just kept on like trying to steal my stuff. And I was like, no, what's going on here? Is he killable? <laughs> yeah, no, he just got to run from him. So you oh. you like the story? Uh, you could probably tell the story if we you know of the game because you like you're a story driven. You know what I'm saying? You paid attention to the story. Is that what you were saying earlier, or no? Well, yes, in in a way. Um, probably about halfway through, I was paying attention to the story quite a bit. Okay. And uh, then I started concentrating more on trying to get items and exploring around. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. But yeah, that's, that's, I, that's impressive if you knew. Because, I mean, that's what's just overwhelming, how fun it is to collect. Like you said, the items and stuff, it's hard to... You know, I mean, you can try to keep up with the story, but you're just like, man, I just got this cool item. I'm going to go use it on whatever and figure out where this leads. You know, it's almost like a Metroidvania type. Mm-hmm. Figure out what else you can unlock, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And um, with the story as well, I kept on accidentally, because, uh, you know, not quite used to the controls. There was some parts of the story that I accidentally skipped, and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, <yeah>. no. <laughs> Did you... um? Were you able to get the flippers and everything? Yes, I got the flippers. <laughs> so, was it hard to get five hundred rupees, or was actually, just... I found it quite easy to yeah, get okay. the rupees that I needed. Yeah. Um, because I managed to get, you know, being able to hold more arrows, being able to hold more bombs. Um, I was also able to quite a few times go and get those health potions that you can get from the guy in the uh, the shack. Right. And uh, also the oh. Like the fairy lady with the blonde hair uh, that gives you your life back. No, oh well, never no, mind. I'm getting mixed paws. up. I'm getting mixed up. Yeah, because like uh, when you throw in the rupees to get the extra arrows, I was getting it mixed up. But yeah, I have plenty of rupees. Long story well, short, you can run up on a fairy pond. Well, it's a pond, and it'll say throw something in. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you throw an item, and then it upgrades that item. So uh, yeah. not not necessarily all now, the time. Like the boomerang yeah. it will, stuff, certain, certain items. I had to look that part up, though, because I was like, okay, I just threw this in, but like nothing really special is happening, yeah. but I kind of feel like something special should happen. So uh, I was yeah. like, okay, what's going on with this? So I looked up and said, just keep, yeah, keep doing it. I was like, okay, keep on doing yeah. it. Luckily, I have plenty of rupees. So, uh, and then I got the, the stuff. So. Yeah. <laughs> I know this has absolutely nothing to do with the podcast, but the minute you said that um, going to the uh, blonde-headed woman to get your life back, the only thing I could see was Galadria from um, Lord of the Rings when they <laughs> finally meet her because they give her, you know, she's the one that, you know, gives them the, uh, the, the, God, the, the Lambus bread that they hate the entire time, you know, that they ate, but they hate the entire time talking about how horrible it tastes. And so I was just thinking, sitting there thinking, that's all I could see once you said that. And I was just, 
gone. It kind of looks like shortbread in a way, and I love shortbread. Yeah, so every good. time, I'm like, oh, lamb is bread, and I'm like, what are you doing? It looks like shortbread. Yeah, it looks awesome. <laughs> it's wrapped in a leaf. Yeah. Um. That's yeah, because it's we. I, I don't know. I thought I remember it being more difficult to get 500 but then when we went back and played it for the podcast it was so the money was i was always like full 999 rupees and nick yeah. you're saying that you always remember it being pretty easy for money but um i mean you know i guess it's just you just kept whirlwinding whirlwinding all the the bushes yeah. and the that's grass. what i you're, did you're filthy rich from there every single one and then i when you get the the boots the speeding boots. Mm. I just kept on like running through them all and getting all my stuff as well. And then killing all the enemies. <laughs> well, most of them, apart from the ones that made me cry. <laughs> so what do you think was like the coolest item or your favorite item in the, in the game? Uh, the honest, um, the one that was pretty much a game changer for me was the boots actually. And then I like the flippers as well, being able to actually get in the water, even though those little water demons scared me. Because I could never escape them, just yeah. like pop up out of nowhere and like spit at you. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I really like the flippers and the um, the boots as well. I think that was pretty much the game changer turnaround for me, apart from obviously the end of the game. But <laughs> oh yeah, the boots. As soon as you go to another another cell of the stage, you just immediately hold it down and just run across. If you're just traveling, trying to get somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you can't again. catch me now, can you, guards? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can't catch me. <laughs> so, what were some of the um, clear, the fun facts that we kind of talked about that might have some? That's what I was looking at, and there's not really too much past that because, I mean, more of the fun facts are like ice shield glitch and the glitches, kind of things like that. Yeah. Um, pretty much covered them. I mean, the um, the the one guy you call Agamemnon. What is that? That's uh, him that yeah. you had to fight with bug catching net. <clears throat> yeah. You know, maybe that. I mean, that's, I mean. Did you look up how to fight him? Because I remember getting killed by him several times before I knew that you had to return the certain projectiles that he throws at you with a sword. I think I died like a couple times at the beginning and then I did on accident. Then yeah. I, down the line, I see the, the net as a, a gag. Right. Uh, I did that a couple times just for fun, but, um, no, he was every boss. I think I'd probably died once or twice on just, uh, I think until I got the mechanics. Yeah. But you know, so you kind of knew there's a pattern for each boss, but I could not figure his out for some reason. I didn't know you had to, and it tells the game tells you to, to do that at some point did you have a problem with that british or did you look just look that up or what how to... i did look it up okay, <laughs> I did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i think that's that was probably the, one of the most difficult ones for me but Honestly, it's always like one of the most difficult ones for me more in the earlier game and i don't remember the name of this boss either but it's the one that kind of has the scorpion tail that goes around to the side I yep. could not figure out how to beat the him. hammer. You got to knock the shield off of his <laughs> face. I think that's the one. I was literally thinking about that one. That's the first boss of the dark world. Is that you're talking about? Mm-hmm. You got to knock the it's shield. The dark you can world. Put, it's yeah, like you either can, at the end of the light world or the start of the dark world. I think it was. Start yeah, I think the, the start world. of the dark world because you got to use that. You can use the hammer or a bomb and blow that mask off, and then you got to hit the little diamond on his head or whatever. But so um, speaking of the dark world, how was your first reactions to going into the dark world? That whole transition there. My, I was like, oh no, am I going to have to learn a whole new map? Yeah. <laughs> More explanation, <laughs> like the uh, obviously the creatures look a lot different 
and uh, more intimidating, at least for me. So, um, but yeah, that was quite an experience to go through so far. And then like just the music changed, the atmosphere. So yeah, I was kind of very intimidated. <laughs> yeah, it, it is, uh, you know, kind of with, with, back in the day, you know, oh, it's a whole other world. You were super excited about like, well, this is a massive game. You know, you might thought you'd fight Agam him, then you're, you're done. But um, the... Uh, Oh, I just lost my train of thought here. Never mind. I lost my train I, I of thought. I think I know where you're going with that. I, I think I know where you're going with that because I had a similar feeling with um, Castlevania Symphony of the Night. You know, you can blow through the whole castle initially and kill the kill Richter, and then you can end the game. You get the bad ending, but if you do extra stuff, you end up finding out that you get an inverted version of that castle and yeah. an expanded storyline and all that good stuff. So it's kind of the same thing, like where you're going out with how you go from the, from the light world to the dark world. You just, you're now in a totally new, like you said, a new world, new environment, new everything. So yeah. then you're re-experiencing basically the inverted landscape. Yeah. That, that was a, that was just so sick, man. I love that game. And it's the same way with the dark world, like you said, and, and it, uh, Zelda is just like uh, Castlevania in a sense that I don't know about you, but in Symphony of the Night, going back and playing it again and kind of when you know kind of where to go, playing it again make is just that much more fun. You know, Zelda's the same way. You know, just I mean, I enjoyed playing through it. I don't know, you know, I don't I forgot where some of the stuff was. I think I didn't think I had all the four hearts, and I couldn't remember where I missed the one. But I did have to look up the bane, the the the, the uh, bane of Smyrna or whatever. I can't remember what it's. <laughs> I just don't think it's Smyrna, but it's a it's a that blue one that just spins around. You just that little makes a little force field around you, and uh, found that. I mean, I'd passed it a million times. You know, it's one of those where you got to drop down. It's random, drop off in Death Mountain and land in a cave. Um, but so I didn't remember everything, but. Uh, you know, it was super fun to go play. And then once you know kind of everything, you can get it done in like two days and get really, I mean, you could probably do it in one day if you really just wanted to. But anyway, it's one of those definitely replayable games for sure. It's definitely yeah. nice to go back and play the games and know where to go. That's, yeah. it makes your frustration points a little less. Still have them, but yeah, that's. So just what was your overall impression uh and favorite a favorite moment british of that of playing that game uh, my favorite part of the game was honestly i can't think of a particular point where i have a favorite point just the whole experience itself is just very magical very new to me and you know like i told you guys it took me right back to my childhood even though i've never played a zelda game uh, the whole thing for me was just really amazing. Everything about it, um, the storyline, the graphics, the sounds, just the small things. It's such a vibrant game for its time as well. And the first thing that I actually thought of when I got into the world was Stardew Valley. I'm not trying to go off topic there, but Stardew Valley uses a very similar uh, way of graphics I've noticed. But anyway, back to that. It does, yes, yeah, so you mentioned it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so ever since I started playing the game, I've been wanting 
A life-size, I guess, technically life-size cardboard cutout of Link (laughs) 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 to stick in my office, like stick behind me. So he's always supporting me. I start crying when I play it again. (laughs) But but I I definitely think it's such a worthwhile, such a very nostalgic game, even for those that have never played it. It's nostalgic. And it's really hard to try to pinpoint why. But uh, I definitely think it's worthwhile for those that have never played it to play it. It's probably y'all are create a monster in me. I hope y'all know that. I, <laughs> I blame all three of you. <laughs> so you're a Zelda fan now? Uh, I am. I want to play the next uh, one, but awesome. I want to. I'm definitely going to go through um, Breath of the Breath of the Wild. Um, you could, <laughs> you, what you can do also is play if you have Link's Awakening. That's a direct sequel to Link to the Past. Oh, is it? You could play From that Game Boy. Mm-hmm. And then if you happen to have a 3DS, you can get a Link Between Worlds, which is a second sequel to that game too. If you want to stick with the uh, that specific series of a Link to the Past, but you know, play whatever Zelda you want. But if you want to continue that story, it's actually pretty good. Yeah, I think I definitely since I haven't beat. Um, Ganon yet. I definitely want to go back and play everything, the completionist, and get everything I need because mm-hmm. I am going to beat him. And the next <laughs> time that I speak to y'all, I'm going to sing about my triumphs. <laughs> so, that's, awesome. so that leads into what I wanted to bring up for what you have now as quote-unquote either homework or task, however you want to say it. You have two things you have to do now and have to report back to us. One is finish the game, beat Ganon in any way you can whether that means you do it with what you got now or you go do a little work and go get some things that you missed and two you got to attack the chicken and have the chicken army attack and have the reaction of that i promise you it is a reaction that's worth discussing have seeing the chicken chicken army it's just something that just didn't happen in other games (laughs) I'm going to try and take a video of myself doing that. That would be <laughs> awesome. See you guys. Get that chicken in a corner and beat the fool out of it. I promise you that chickens will come. So did you mess around on any of the other games on the mini? Um, no, I have not yet. Oh, I've you been are stu- very disciplined. That's very good. Me. I'm I very am proud very of you being disciplined. disciplined on that. That's, that's awesome. That's but great. Like, so. Speaking of older games, so... Um, I've been exploring, you know, some games that I played back in the early 2000s. And I know probably not a lot of people out there are a fan of this game. But then again, some people are. The Sims 2. <laughs> I actually just downloaded that from when um, I played it back in 2004. Something along the lines of that. So I'm going to be exploring that as well. If it's something that anybody's nice. interested in hearing. So. Possibly. Yeah. I played, I had the first one, I played, I had, uh, I have three and four. I played three a lot until I, I lost the key, but um, I have four, but I never got into it. I did like The Sims, though. I love the concept. So here's a throw-up idea, just since we were talking about doing the series of talking about first reaction of these Super Nintendo classics. And I don't know if y'all are all on board for this one or not. It just popped in my head thinking about it since it's on the Super Nintendo Mini and she has it right there as the next one for Metroid, uh, Super Metroid. See that? Because that's be. a really, it's a really great game. Oh. Lots of, lots of 
things to find. I mean, it's tell me about it. Kind of feel like it's a lead in. No, I can't tell you about it. You have to play it. You have to play it. That's the thing. It's you've got it right there on your hand, uh, at your hands, at your fingertips. Finish. So finish, I'll say this Zelda. about yeah. Finish Zelda. Super Metroid. You've heard me say it a million times, but I'll say it again. But I played it back in the day, and I. You know, I had played Metroid 1. I owned Metroid 1. I didn't own Super Metroid, but I'd borrowed it or rented it. And I played it for, you know, a day or two. And I was just like, ah, I just don't quite get it. And I just turned it off. Went back and played it as an adult. So I could probably be the be the British redneck for that if you really wanted to. But I'm not, you know, I wouldn't do that. But I'm just saying it technically. Because it, I played it for the first time really back in 2013 or something. Wow, it's been like eight years. That's true. But, um... Oh man, what a missing out as a kid! Uh, but it's one of my favorite. I mean, it got me just like just like Zelda for you for you British. Now I was hooked the whole time. I mean, I didn't want to play any modern game or anything. I wanted to go back and play Super Metroid and and go through it. And then I had to look up some stuff. But um, it is a straight up I mean, you know Metroidvanias and stuff. I mean, it's like where it, that's like one of the first ones, and so it kind of just started the thing. But and it perfected it. I mean, it's unbelievable. It, the first game was like the best example of it. Mm-hmm. But um, but anyway, it's great. That is a phenomenal game. But uh, don't get too finish your Zelda. You know, Zelda is your main there's, focus. There's many games on there that, that you could say that. Oh, Final so Fantasy III is on there. Earthbound's on there. Not quite a million games, but there's 22 of them on there. 21, so, 22 games on there. That I, it's hard to say that there's not a good one on there. <clears throat> So there's plenty of games you can go on there and do that. But anyway, but I will say as a kid, you know, mama, mom and dad buy you a game for Christmas. You didn't have all the, the funds you have available to you now. So as soon as one gets hard, you jump to another one. But back in the day, you had to finish it. And that's when you get that completionist, like you're talking about British, where you really and you just enjoy the game that much more, you know, yeah. just that much more attached to it. And just really experience the game that much more. So don't try not to jump. That's why I was like impressed that you had I honestly hadn't looked at another game and we were able to to, to just focus I, on that one. I turned down a playthrough of Skyrim for Zelda. Wow. There you go. Now, this, <laughs> yeah. now everybody listening, this if if you're just hearing this, this is the person that owns Skyrim on every possible media you can find it on. She probably even has it on Sanskrit somewhere. I mean, she's she is a Skyrim diehard and has it everywhere. So yeah. for her saying that, that's a big deal, and that's pretty impressive. Absolutely, kind of feels like you know, in a in a wonderland, like just a fantasy wonderland that I've never experienced before in a game. So I, I'm I'm quite I'm quite hooked, and uh, I'm ready to beat Ganon. Whether it's uh, trying to do it as I am now. Or going through and doing the completionist round and getting him the way that the game wants you to get him. So Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> so did we did we prep you for to say certain things in this podcast in any way other than just the details of the game that you liked? In other words, did we tell you to say which what you said on this game on this podcast? Oh gosh, no, this is all me. <laughs> yeah. So this is a brand new gamer that has never played Zelda and is loving it, right? Look, you is... know, I, I lost my Gamer Girl status. 
She's working hard to get it back, but you know what? I'm sorry. She's probably well earned it after getting to Ganon and trying to fight Ganon with just the oh, yeah. No. Yeah. I really you did think it. that she's got that gamer card back really quickly. I'm so well, happy. You, like, I'm really proud of myself that about that. Wild. Like, I, you know, I knew it was really hard, is. but I didn't know that I could have made it easier on myself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, so much easier. <laughs> well, what I'm getting at with that, what I was asking about, is that, you know, we, we do a lot on this podcast about keeping gaming pure and stuff like that. And I'm not knocking modern games. I play them. I love modern games. Mm-hmm. But this is a feather in the hat. You got to admit for the old school games, you know, this is what we want to keep a lot around, man. And this is what we do. This is one of the reasons why we do what we do. Obviously we love doing the podcast, but kind of our mission is to call out some shenanigans and business practices. So, uh, I'm glad you enjoyed it though. British. That's, that's awesome. Um, her final statement, I'm sorry for cutting in, but just the whole final statement there. And I want to bring this home about the whole thing of, the feather in the hat for retro gaming skyrim is it's not a super modern game it's a it's a newer end game she still chose a link to the past over it that yeah. right there to me is the 100 statement right there that shows that retro gaming still has a place absolutely man well yeah. cool dude any closing thoughts from anybody closing thoughts from me right here is one uh, once again thank you so much british redneck for taking this journey with us because we know it's it was one in the making there just from conversations of hey can we do this should we do this and all of that thank you for putting the time in because really you're the one that put in the majority of the effort to go through this game play it on quote-unquote hard mode not knowing you're playing it on hard mode and then come in here and have this wonderful reaction to a game that the three of us do cherish from our past and i just want to say thank you for doing that and taking that journey and i so hope that we do more of these because this is by far exceeded my expectations of what it was going to be and i really think that this is a great way to introduce some people out there that are on the fence of should i play some retro games especially when you're looking at issues with getting modern consoles because of the semiconductor shortage and all of that fun stuff and having that ability to go out and get these retro games and playing them i mean it's just a testament to they're still 100 relative uh i cannot say that 100 relative to the to, to this day even though they are classics they're still relative to the day and you can still play them and enjoy them as if you played them back then and i I certainly thank you guys for you know allowing me to be on last most podcast without me knowing what a link to the past was i seriously thought that the podcast was going to be about you know older games but i didn't Uh, know that's what the name of um a legend of zelda game was so I got <laughs> introduced. <laughs> like it. Yeah, I can see I, how you make that connection. Yeah. So I was like, oh, yeah, I'm down for that podcast. I've got some stuff to say. <laughs> oh, that's um, awesome. But it, it ended up turning into something that's, you know, definitely broadened my horizons in gaming, um, going back to the past and uh, exploring games that I've never played before, even in my childhood. So I really appreciate you guys uh, starting this up for me. Oh, and see, awesome. a link to the past means more than just one thing. Exactly. 
Nick, you got anything? Oh, man? Yeah, Nick's got something. He was itching there. He, he had flipped no. the mic oh, down and everything. Well, no, something that I uh, – because we're talking about retro stuff, and I was going to say like when I was in Vegas uh, a couple weeks back, I saw a retro game store, and I was trying to find the name for it. Um, they were um, – let me see because I had it up. Retro City Games, and it's in the middle of Vegas, and I was wowed. I mean like Mega Man X2 – in its case and everything oh, like 420 wow. bucks <laughs> i mean they had they had they have a whole <laughs> bunch of super famicom and 64 uh japanese 64 games in their own shelves i mean they had ridiculous like look you just way you back just in the day. quit your job and you're going back to school you you, you know you still have that disposable income oh. drop on that 450 dollars oh no man my <laughs> wife would stomp on me no way no way i would i mean don't get me wrong like there's so many good things to collect there and i mean i did have like free reign but i just like no <laughs> but i mean they had a lot of great stuff and um like i highly recommend anybody that goes to vegas to check them out because they had some real quality stuff there cool guys well clear you want to close this out dude yeah i'll close this out i just want to say thank you to nick especially british redneck for taking the time for doing this mm-hmm. and then just thank you all the listeners for listening to us today and we really hope you enjoy this podcast and tune in to our next episode as soon as we put out another one. Thank you. Right on. Right, thanks. Yeah, thanks thank everybody. You Have a good night. Peace. Yeah. You too. Thanks, everybody, for listening to H&K Video Game Experience. We really appreciate all your listening. Check us out on Facebook. Check us out on Podbean. Email us. All you have to do, easy, H-N-K-E-X-P at gmail.com for our email. Type in H-N-K-E-X-P to Google, and you will find us everywhere for all your major podcast outlets, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Pandora, and such. Thank you so much for listening to us tonight. Tune in next time for the next episode of H&K Video Game Experience.